Vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix Karting. this vinyl analysis we check in with columbus legend michael hannon we break down one of his favorite artists alice cooper and the 1975 album welcome to my nightmare he is my all-time favorite artist ever i think his lyrics are the best there's ever been uh there's (laughs) nobody can touch him they're smart clever they'll make you laugh i mean even songs that you've heard a million times brilliant Final analysis, and I am your host, Arch Madness, along with me, producer extraordinaire, Greg Hansberry. Yo. Greg, are you uh, cleansing on this uh, this week of the this episode? I'm nah, halfway man. through a Hop Devil IPA, so yeah, I'm going to yeah, go with a no yeah, on that yeah. one. Uh, corrections from uh, the last show. I think I'm going to do it this way. Instead of having you edit all the time, okay. and, 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 and trust me on this, the guy that we've got coming in uh, that we're going to meet here in just a second again who was in season one actually but i think he was kind of in that scene as well so he could probably lend a little something to that but uh i the way it went because we did la guns the first la guns album last week so i'm trying to remember if i remember this correct tracy guns lived with izzy stradlin that's how it goes because we were trying to figure out if axel and tracy and i'm not saying they didn't stay together because i mean it was like i said it was so just crazy how everybody was kind of living with everybody and gotcha. how the bands were interchanging. But that was the only real correction from last last week's episode. Okay. Gotcha. Right, without further ado, let's get right to it. Salty Dog, Dangerous Toys, American Dog, uh, The Man with a Thousand Stories. All of them are awesome, by the way. The one and only Michael Hannon. What's up, brother? Here we are. Yeah. What, what do you remember? Uh, before we even get into what's happening and what's on your table... Uh, talk to us, Goose. I mean, about that scene right then and there, because I know you met Axel sure, right Axel when you walked great. off the damn bus yourself. Yeah, one of the first people I ever met was well, I was in a band called Doll, a glam death that we came out of coffin. <laughs> we had big pink high heel boots. As a matter of fact, I re-recorded their demos because all those songs ended up being the Pretty Boy Floyd album, Lipsticks and Bullets. Oh which my God! I did those first. That was making. It was all written by Ariel Styles and the jackasses from uh, Pretty Boy Floyd lied that they wrote them, even though Ariel did them all and was in Pretty Boy Floyd originally. He had to quit because of uh, some uh, medical issues. And he's like, guys, just here, you can keep the songs, keep going. And they didn't give him credit. But anyway, that's beside the point. We I've had got- the biggest Pretty Boy Floyd uh, fan on the show last week. So that's kind of funny that we've mentioned Pretty Boy Floyd the last yeah. two weeks. But, you know. So, but- okay, yes. So so you, you leave Doll. I was, right? in, I was in Doll. The first show we did was with uh, Guns N' Roses, two shows in a row. So who was in the band at that time when you guys were doing a show? Was it Tracy or was it Slash? It was Slash. It was Slash, Izzy, Duff, Axel, and uh, Popcorn. Okay. 
Popcorn. That was a uh, uh, Steve Adler's. Adler. Everybody called him a popcorn. That's <laughs> well, what he lived off. Because every okay, bar had just, free. I'm trying to figure out why we. Everybody called... had free popcorn. Every bar, you know, that's yeah. what he lived off. He just lived off of popcorn. Yeah, popcorn Adler. So did you uh, now? Did you ever catch any of the uh, L.A. guns or excuse me, the Guns and Roses when when Tracy was in there at no, all? No, nothing that was like that. Before me, right on, right on. But you 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 met Axel right when you yeah, got well, off. Well, the first thing they were. I'm a big Rose Tattoo fan, an Australian band, and uh, at the sound check they did "Nice Boys Don't Play Rock and Roll," and I saw them, and I they've done doing this song song for sound check. I went, "Holy shit, dude, that's so cool!" Hearing somebody doing a Rose Tattoo song, and Axel goes, "Who the hell are you?" And I said, "I'm Michael. I just moved here from Ohio." He goes, "Well, I'm Bill. I'm from Indiana." I haven't been out here too long, wow. but everybody calls me Axel. Don't call me Bill. He goes, but you're the only motherfucker I've ever met that knew that was a Rose Tattoo song. That's uh, awesome. We talk, and every time you saw me, you remembered that. So talk to us. Let's get back. So look, season four, season five, I, I'm going to get Michael in here, Greg, and we're going to talk about that Salty Dog record because so many of the guys that I grew up with, um, that was that was a that was a good record, man. And I want to talk about it with you. There's there's a lot of us, you know, that late '80s, early '90s. As that, long as that, we get some ominous music for when the heroine enters the scene <laughs> to make it go, Wah. and then the big horse walks in the room, and half of the band decides needles are more important than getting their dick sucked. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> So let's just go to American Dog because okay. you guys, uh, you 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 have a new release which is kind of basically well, a greatest. I, I, I a just greatest cuss. Hit. Oh, you're fine. Don't okay. don't fucking sweat. This is, sorry, this is Maddie. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mom, my mom did kind of tell me to cut back okay. on it. Sorry, mom. I'll she keep tries under to listen. Control here. Exactly. She's fucking <laughs> used to it. So don't don't sweat it. She she's Archie's mom, so okay. she's used to it. So what 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 what's going on in the world of American Dog? Because you guys have been done for like what three four years. I was at the final yeah. show. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. That, well, it, no, I guess I wasn't because the one was coming off of the. Uh, was it off the Tesla tour when I saw you guys? Yeah. At the bowl, something like that it was yeah, like okay. towards the end of that. That was, was your like, infamous Christmas shows. Those yeah, were always a good time. That, that those were always a drunken brawl. Those were always a good time. <laughs> so, but but now, what is the deal now? So, what do you guys? We got what's back happening? together. Basically, like most musicians, I'd been doing it so long. I've been playing in bars and clubs since 1981. Right, and. I was tired of having to pay people when I was done with doing a world tour. I was $10,000 in debt from that band, which I had to pay off myself. Uh, and it was basically every time we go tour and all these people make money off us and then I owe people money. You know, tell, tell, tell Hansberry because, and you know, you were, we were kind of talking about before we went on here, I mean, you know, to get everybody over, to rent the equipment and, and Greg... You might have maybe four shows in a week, but you're paying for that equipment for all seven days, uh, r yeah, right? You, right, Michael. When you go to you know Europe, you fly over. You can't afford to take all that sure, gear with yeah, you because right. I mean it weighs a ton. And besides, we're one ten electricity; they're two twenty. And uh, so you go over That's there. True. You got to have a truck pick you up with all rental gear. You're paying the rental rental fee on the gear, whether you're using it or not. So you better be playing a show that night because you're still paying out money. You're paying for the hotel rooms. You're paying for the driver. Paying for the truck rental, you're paying the fuel. When you guys went on these trips, like if you went to France, if you did this stuff, did you did you like you scheduled seven days? I mean, you didn't take you, a night oh, yeah, off. You, don't you take didn't break. take a night if you, off. If you're not playing, you're paying money. Any you're paying money, so you better play everywhere. So most of your weekend shows would be good gigs that played money, but on a Tuesday night, you better be playing. 
So, so you guys, when did when did you guys actually when did the break happen? That would have been well, how many years ago? I just had enough. I mean, we were ten thousand dollars in debt. I said that was that was about two years, a little over two years ago. Okay, so now uh, what? How did this? Where we are right now? I mean, how did it get to this point with with the greatest hits? Or what? What are we talking about well, here? We, I mean, there was always a demand. American Dog's always been popular, always sold, you know, CDs and stuff. It was just n- never enough to most people download stuff illegally now. Let's face it, and uh. uh People steal. So Lars is right. He, he was absolutely right. And if, if more people would have backed him at the time, you know, it would have helped a lot. The labels were really got slow on getting on the whole internet thing. They right. should have had internet for it downloaded legally on their sites and everything way at the beginning. But they they drugged their feet. It would have saved everybody. It would have. It? Yeah, it would have. Uh, but that's beside the point. And we're just like, yeah, I, I'm kind of stuck with nothing. Uh, but there was still demand, so the label said, hey, we'd like to do a greatest hits. You know, it's coming up. People, now things are, most of the CDs are getting harder and harder to get. They're almost out of print. There's only 100 left, and they're there. And so we got together, did two new songs, came together pretty well, and we put out, and we also recorded a live show on the Tesla tour at the end of it. Oh, okay. And all so right. we put together a double disc. The first CD is all best of. Second disc, and a few rarities. Second disc, the two new songs, right. plus that live sh- uh, show from Wapakoneta, Ohio. Right Which at the was end of the always huge tour. for you guys. You always talked about that you had such a... One of the greatest clubs in Ohio. I love it. Absolutely. Right. Great sound, great everything. I mean, really big artists play there. I mean, Bonham, oh, I, I know, I know, I know. Bonham, Absolutely, yeah. Jan Baird, everybody. Sh- sh- Shooter Jennings. I mean, it only holds 120 people. But the sound quality Isn't is that incredible. Something? Isn't that Gravel something? parking lot, all cornfields around we it. We got to go there sometime. Best Hans pizza Barry. in the state of Ohio. It's just, Jesus, the greatest sound, the best pizza. It's, it is. It's everything. And only real bands are allowed to play there. There are no tribute bands. No, no. Oh, that. Oh, that's no you got to respect that. No crap. You have you have got to be a real band. And the people that have been in there are crazy. People from Alice Cooper's band, Blue Oyster Cult, things like this. This is wow. A, yeah, it's like the place to be. So what happens next for American Dog? Anything right now? Do you have well, any news or anything like well, that? We have a European tour. We had a bunch of shows set up, but it's still not breaking even. Mm-hmm. It's just I got the you. flights and all this stuff. It's like we're saying, no, you got to get us more gigs. It's got to pay for itself. We're not going to pay you money again so you can make money selling these CDs. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. We're going to have uh, Steve Theato, the guitarist uh, for American Dog. We'll have him on here in a few weeks, so. We'll kind of figure yeah. out exactly what the latest is. Yeah. Or... I just can't pay you money to play a show. I feel I'm you, I'm not going to do it anymore. I feel, I feel you. I feel you. I've, I did that since 81. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so here, it's a, it's a new segment. Now, Michael, you were on season one. Kind of took one for the team there and did Paul, Paul Stanley's solo album. I like Paul Stanley's I, solo album. I, I know you do. And... It's the second best of the four, if you ask me. I think Thank Ace you. is number one. Thank, I'm, I'm, and I'm with you. I agree. Turning so, 40 years old this year, by the way, those records. Oh, wow. is, isn't yeah. that something? Yeah. God. My God, Michael, right? Yeah. I remember buying in Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh my I couldn't. God. I, I was mowing lawns for a living. You know, you get two dollars right. and fifty cents a lawn. And I remember the first one I bought was Ace because I knew it would be the best. And I never ever ever bought the Peter Chris one. We, <laughs> we've had this discussion. <laughs> no one. Somebody else. We had this talk. No one. No one bought the Peter Chris one. You Why gave would the you? G- we all know Ringo's was going to stink. Yeah. You gave- <laughs> <laughs> that is true. All right. So we have a new segment now here in season three, Michael, and it is called "What's on Your Table." What's on your table? Greg Hansberry, we're going to start with you, producer Greg. What, what's on your table these days? Uh, I'm going old school. It's an old Floyd, old Pink Floyd song. 
the gold it's in the dot 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 that's the title of the song but it's from obscured by clouds 1972 Holy shit it's, balls dude, yeah, dude it's you went r- deep on the table it, it's right before uh right before dark side but it's cooking that song is is it's, that is it's so David cool Gilmore just fucking ripping it dude, it's awesome. come on he is he's, yeah. he's iconic yeah he absolutely is so if you see an old copy of that somewhere in your, your snag local it. record store snag it, it just for that song michael hannon what's on your table what have you been jamming two on bands lately? i've been listening to. i get i'm a book guy once i read the book on a band i listen to all their stuff I feel you there. i'm reading about something in the studio ah i gotta play this I get them. the band called angel city in north america they're really I called the angels them. out of yeah. australia great band uh i their uh, tour manager wrote a book on them and the angels love it. I've been listening to a lot of them. And also I got a grand funk book and talk about a band that got bent over and driven up their butt, a Cadillac. So There's, what, so what, whatever, in what way, in uh, what way? Oh, they, they lost it. They screwed up. Let's face it. They were like three months from being out of their, uh, contract with this crappy manager. They had named Terry Knight. Okay. And, uh, heard that name, Terry Knight, basically, all the music would have reverted back to them, the rights, but they broke off that contract right before it, it was over. And so they so- said, you're fired. So he retained the rights to those recordings and things. Wow. My God, it's, that happens to every, it happens to the best, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, that- it truly does. It's all the, about the money, the man. The lawyers made all the money. They got Eastman, you know, Eastman Kodak was oh, yeah. their new manager at the time. And he was going back and forth. And they were all, both of them were getting tons of money. Well, the band was just going broke and but just money was dripping out their butts. But doesn't McCartney have most of that now, though? Didn't Linda I, leave like him a ton know, of the Eastman Grand Funk, I've been listening to lots of good Grand Funk, man. That for, the, the second album is the red one most people think is their debut. Right. With Paranoid and Inside Looking Out. That's great. If you ever into the Gilmore stuff. It's like, it's a lot of wah-wah pedal. It's all recorded up in cool. Cleveland, all those albums no uh, on eight track. Really good stuff. Their first like four or five albums. They put Love out five it. albums in what, two years. Isn't that crazy how the they were headlining Shea that. Stadium. They used to Shea churn- Stadium, they sold out. Grand Funk. Wow. Yeah. Man, they used to churn shit out like that back in the day, man. How many, what was it? What was it? How many records and how many years? What was it again? It was like five albums in two and a half, maybe Holy three cow. years. And while touring, that's all right. Well, here's what's on my table, boys. And and I was gonna do Iced Earth. Another no, it's Iced not. Earth I'm, not, I'm, not right, okay, I'm giving okay. you a break all this right. week. And in fact, I was going to pull out uh, 1994's Motley Crue, Motley Crue, because uh, John Karabi's gonna be coming to town, and I absolutely love that record. I do too. I I love and that what record. What a great guy he is. He sure as hell is, man. And that's somebody we gotta. We're gonna. I gotta try like a son of a bitch to to get Karabi get him on the show here but but that's beside the point so i left that one at home today but i happened to go record shopping with some dudes from work and this is what i picked up so i figured i'll talk about the motley Crue 1994 album next week because i've been jamming on that a lot getting kind of getting ready uh, for when karabi comes to town he's been keeping it in the bag you guys ready uh, you ready ready? here Oh, yeah the last command now this would have been their second (laughs) studio album guys and in ball fact, crusher, ball crusher. So you got wild child, ball crusher, <laughs> uh, Jack Action, Widowmaker, which is one of my all-time favorite Wasp songs. Uh, Blind in Texas, Blind in Texas is a song that the uh, Abbott brothers of Pantera. It, they, I think uh, it was, um, and I want to say Vinny. It was an interview with Vinny one time. He said, "If there was one song you guys could have wrote, if, if you wish you would have written that song, 
and it was Blind in Texas. That was the song that he wished he wrote. Uh, but there's so many good ones on this one, man. But She's a nympho, what is it, lesbo-nymphomaniac. Sex She's drive. got a girlfriend that's 17. Yeah, oh, dude, this is just such a, anyway. So Love it. This, is, uh, this was the second Wasp album. It's The Last Command, and uh, I would say it's on my turntable, but it's not yet until I get back home. Tonight, and I'm going to absolutely crank this up when Love I get the record. kids to bed. Shout Me too, out man. To a used Kids record store there. Huh? Yeah, the gang over at Used Kids stopped over and saw them and bought that record. So, looking forward to jamming on that tonight. Now it is time. Today's record. We're going to be breaking down, or we're just going to be talking about, you know, Alice Cooper a lot. Trust me. If we get to this record, we'll see what happens. But we're doing Alice Cooper's "Welcome to My Nightmare." Released March 11th, 1975. Michael, there were three singles released off of this. You've got Department of Youth, Only Women Bleed, and Welcome to My Nightmare. I know for a fact you are a huge, huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, this album was a little dark. Now, this was the first solo album yeah. for Alice. So this is this is completely different. And, you know, we, we did Billion Dollar Babies. I actually did Billion Dollar Babies with Alice. And so that's the only reason we're not doing that one right now. Good cash. Yeah. So, but but anyway, talk about Alice. If you want to talk about this record, I just want to get your opening thoughts on Alice Cooper as an artist. And I know he's meant a lot to you. He is my all-time favorite artist ever. Yeah. I think his lyrics are the best there's ever been. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. nobody can touch him. They're smart clever they'll make you laugh i mean even songs that you've heard a million times like schools out we can't even think of a word that rhymes that's brilliant you know yeah. i mean the lyrics to be my lover uh you know she stretched into the room we had a drink or three or four or five or six or seven. i mean you know it's like it's it it's always good and this is his first solo album i mean alice cooper was the name of the band it's like jethro tall alphabetically it should be under a all those albums up to muscle of love and greatest hits and this should be under c alphabetically for Cooper, for him. the solo artist. And he left, and Bob Ezrin went with him, and it did so well. And if you'll notice, here's a little thing you might not notice. This is on Atlantic Records. Everything else is on Warner Brothers. This is because they had a clause in their contract about doing a soundtrack album. And so they did this on their own label, Sideways. This is a whole different thing. Wow, man. And this We're was getting it. We're getting a skinny the here. Video, there's a video they did with a different recording of every single song, and that's just been reissued, as a matter of fact, as a DVD. Now it's a con it's a concept album. Yeah, Hansberry. It's it's a concept album. Uh, they're they're heard in sequence from a. Uh, it's through the uh, nightmares of a child named Stephen, right? And you got Vincent Price intro <laughs> in the Black Widow. There's just there's so many layers to this. This is a really. It's just dark. It's just a weird freaking record, yeah, I mean, man. there's only three really what I'd call heavy songs on the album, yeah. and they're not super heavy. I mean, the heaviest is probably Cold Ethel, uh, another song about a mortician having sex with dead bodies. He's got two of those. <laughs> there's, there's one well, called, you'll have that. Yeah, you'll yeah. have that. There's one called Refrigerator Heaven on the Easy Action album, with a pre <laughs> prequel to that. Um, there, But also, you got you know Escape, and you got Department of Youth, and there's some kind of... Heavy Sabbath, I guess, and uh, Black Widow. But other than that, there's like like there's vaudeville stuff when uh, some folks, which I was one of my favorite on there. And then you got almost like classical, weird stuff for Stephen and uh, years ago, all that stuff. It's just a it's a great record. It's a, it's a sh it's a show thing. It's like it it equates best with the Schools Out album. Which other than the song Schools Out, there's a lot of just like show business and West Side Story stuff on that album. And and really much more than a vaudeville act, uh, Alice and and then the band previously up until this record. I mean, as a songwriter, he won the respect 
of all the heavyweight songwriters of that era. And and you you think about like Only Women Bleed, hell Glenn Campbell could have sang that song. I mean, it was just Alice wrote some really really good music. It's cool to hear you say that because you we've talked about the uh Hollywood vampires before. Yeah, man. And it's Harry Nielsen. Think about you know, that Lennon, all these dudes who Moon, Keith Moon. Yeah, like, they would sit and wait and for Keith Alice Moon. And there's Alice Cooper, to... you know, right right with these and Ringo these Starr was in yeah. that Mickey Dolan from the Monkees. Yeah. 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 I've I've sat up in that booth. That's in the awesome. rainbow. When you bar and you go up to the second floor where the bar is, and in that second floor bar area by the bathroom back behind it, there's a little dance floor. Then up in that, there's a, you go up a little set of stairs to one booth. That's where it is. And that's that's where those that's guys, the layer of the Hollywood vampires. The that original is one. where the original Hollywood vampires hung yeah. out. Isn't that something, man? I just that's just absolute. You talk about rock history, man. Yeah. You talk about rock history. Now the producer, and I also know you're a huge Kiss fan. But when we talk about Bob Ezrin, and really, you know, this was before Destroyer and Love Gun and, and that stuff, just prior to it. You, you Bob hear, Ezrin was you a sideman for Jack it, Richardson. Jack Richardson was doing all those Guess Who albums. And that's who the Alice Cooper band's manager, Shep Gordon, wanted to get to produce Alice Cooper, was... Uh, Jack Richardson, all because the Guess Who were the biggest band, you know, they had all tons of hits, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Okay? And Bob Ezrin was a side guy with him, worked with him up there in Canada, and he said, and he said, this damn Shep Gordon, this Alice Cooper band, just keep bugging me and bugging me. I don't want anything to do with these freaks. Just go down there and check them out and turn them down so I get the, get them out of my hair. Okay, right. Bob Ezrin went down to see him at Max's Kansas City in New York. This would have been before Love It to Death. They only had the first two albums out, Pretties for You and Easy Action. He went and saw him basically on the Easy Action tour and called him and said, "There's something here. This is good. I want to work with him." Isn't you know and, and you know as much as every single week as I slobber all over Kiss and how they were the beginning for so many of us, Alice and what he meant to Kiss and opening the door with with this time with this type. I mean, look, man, we we say it all the time, but it's honest to God's truth. There's no Manson. There's no there's no Kiss. Ozzy. Ozzy, the list goes on and on without the coop, man, without yeah. Alice. I mean, he was he's that special. He's that important to, to this type of rock and yeah. roll. And, you know, Bob Ezrin, the first real Alice Cooper album, if you ask me, is their third album, Love It to Death. And uh, that was the one where they were they had this long jam song called I'm Edgy. I'm Edgy, and I don't like anything. I'm Edgy. And uh, right. the, uh, the, Bob Ezrin said, that song you're doing, uh, I'm 18. They were, what? Yeah, he goes, I, I'm 18, I, and I don't I know what I am. He goes, no, no, no. We got a song called I'm Edgy. No, no, it's I'm 18. They're going to write an anthem. And they changed it like that. <laughs> he misunderstood him. Right, right. And that was on their third album, Love It to Death. And then Bob Ezrin did Love It to Death. Then there was Killer. And then there was uh, School's Out. Then Billion Dollar Babies, Muscle Love, The Greatest Hits. Then this. And Bob Ezrin was with all of them. But I hear, but with some of the production and stuff, I guess when I was talking about the Destroyers and the Love Guns, he just, he has a sound, Bob Michael. Ezrin always puts kids' voices in everything. Everything. Okay, School's Out is the first one I can think of. Well, there was also the kid's voice on Love It to Death. Mommy, where's Daddy? Right. He's been gone. The kid's voices. He would do that. He did the kid's voices on God of Thunder. Okay. Okay, bum, 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 yeah, da, yeah. Da, da. he also did it on Pink Floyd, The Wall. Although we don't know, you know, he loved using kids on things, and he's used. To, if that's, I don't know if you knew that he did all those albums. Yeah, think it. about that. And there's the Pink Floyd connection as well with with Bob yeah. Ezrin. I mean, it's 
He's he's an amazing an amazing uh, oh, producer. He, we could do a show. He's just a great on the, musician on the show. I mean, yeah, he played the piano on Beth, right? I think he played the piano yeah, on he, Beth. Well, he's, he also produced the last three Deep Purple albums. See, well, that's good work if you can find it, right, yeah. Michael? I guess looking at this record, I mean, yeah, it's not the greatest Alice Cooper album, whether it's the band or the. But it's so damn important, isn't it? It's a great record. It was his first step. It was like, wow, what a big step. And he had a huge hit. Only Women Bleed was a top 20 hit. It it's was a great like, song, man. It's such know? a good song. But I think about you know some of the all, all some of the other things that have become staples in in Alice's show when you when you think of Cold Ethel and him dancing with her on stage and and, and that whole that whole thing and is uh, Steven even to a certain a certain effect there if you get to see, if you've ever been lucky enough to see him perform some of these songs yeah. live. Uh, it's just very, very And if important. you haven't, what's wrong with you? Then, yes, okay. what are you, communists or something? Yeah. Uh, the Black Widow, also with that, you've got the uh, the opening, the intro from Vincent Price. You know, yeah. sorry folks, before Michael Jackson was doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Indeed. I mean, they, they, Vincent Price was was hanging with Alice yeah. there. With yeah, we're Vincent. so old, we remember when Tommy Lee was white and, Bla- and Michael Jackson was black. Isn't that- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old we yeah. are, Michael. Alice's legacy, what do you think it is? I mean, as far as... I I think it's going to be... The musicians will always stand up and say, wow, this guy is incredible. It's really, there's talent here. I think a lot of people will go, it was a show at all. They won't... A lot of people, the the dumbed-down masses won't know that. But, I mean, it's all good. It's like he, he's going to be remembered forever. He, he is. He's keep other Bowie. Let's face it. He's going to be with Bowie and all those kind of guys. But I mean, there was a guy before Alice Cooper. They're kind of like this. The crazy world of Arthur Brown. If you want to kind of get those crazy people. Wow. That Yeah, that's there's some that truth was to before that. this. Right. You know, that's true. That's true. I mean, is that was that was he uh, was he kind of a the crazy world of Arthur Brown? You'll show me. He. Set his head on fire. He set his head on fire. I've, yeah, but I'm just trying to wonder. Did he? And that play was a the keyboard player Alice? from the band. Uh, what the hell? Atomic right. Rooster. That was Atomic Rooster's keyboard player on that. Who then broke after that band broke up. He went on to do Atomic Rooster, and that had Carl Palmer from almost like a Palmer. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and that's damn right. Aren't you glad we got Michael in here? He can have his own. We got. I got to keep on one train. <laughs> I know, I thought right? I'm, I'm already to Atomic Rooster and stuff. What the hell am I thinking? Now of? start thinking about your all-time favorite Alice songs because I'm going to ask you. Okay. Because you can. Uh, check Are we going to stick with this album? You mean on this? No, album, I, w- I want to know because I think we owe it to you being as such a big Alice fan as you are. I think we need to start kind of listing some songs. But before we do that, we, we got to thank our friends. Uh, Vinyl analysis fueled by Grand Prix karting, indoor racing, combat-inspired laser tech, escape rooms, and the kids zone. Now, you can reserve your spot today for Clued In. It's the escape room experience at gpkcolumbus.com. You can play Modern Laser Warfare, Central Ohio's first indoor tactical laser tag. And this is something that, if I tell my boys, I think they're going to lose their mind. What's that? Race at speeds over 35 miles per hour on the nation's longest indoor track. That's like Indy 500 stuff right there, baby. Yeah, and once again, gpkcolumbus.com. And thanks to everyone over at Grand Prix Karting. We do appreciate uh, your support here for vinyl analysis. So, yeah, man, over 35 miles per hour. My dudes would have a field day. So I think we're going to do that. We're going to make that. You should go with us. All right, I'm in. You go with yeah, but the Magnus bring the twins? hot double? You want to? <laughs> can I bring the hot devil? You bring the. I don't know if we're allowed to bring the hop devil or not. But so here we go. <laughs> there you go, Michael. Now, if okay. you are on a desert island, if you will, but you were able to still get uh, uh, make like a Spotify playlist. Uh, what? Where would you go with Alice? 
What's your all-time favorite Alice Cooper song? Halo of Flies. Okay, what record? That is off Killer. Uh, side one, track three. And we are Facebook friends, <laughs> and you always have Killer up. I always, you're always jamming on that record. It's, 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 yeah, I think it's my favorite Alice Cooper album of all time. The whole thing. I mean, it's got starts with Under My Wheels. Yeah, Be My Lover, Halo of Flies, and Desperado. Oh, Desperado okay. is so such a good that's song. That's side one. Okay. All right. Th- there you go. You drive me nervous. Okay. Is on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead babies and killer on on right. second side. So that's kind of. I mean, can you imagine releasing an, a song called "Dead Babies" in 1971? No, no, no. You're going to take a bit yeah. of flack. You might take a hit in 2018 anymore. Yeah, with everybody's. You yeah, know, people are so in a tight bind. now. Yeah, but <laughs> you <laughs> know too. what I mean. I've got a baby. Me too. <laughs> so now, okay. So that record, obviously, huge for you. And I forgot that Desperado was on that, and that's that's one of my all time yeah, favorites. That was them trying oh. to be the Doors, by the yeah. way. You know, you, you, Alice never uses that low voice. I'm a killer, and I'm a clown. That's him trying to be Jim Morrison because the Doors were the Morrison biggest thing kind on the planet. Of that voice is on a, some yeah. of this music. That is a Jim Morrison vibe to that that's song. What he was Why trying the to be? hell wouldn't I? Have, on all these years, yeah, I didn't put that together. He's always they were trying to be Jim Morrison. What else? What else you want to throw in the Spotify uh, Love playlist? it to death. It's got so much great stuff. I mean, uh, The Ballad of Dwight Fry, which we did part of on our first album, Last of a Dying Breed. The song Straight Jacket, which, you know, Alice wore a straight jacket when yeah. he sang it. So yeah. we did the, the lyrics to Dwight Fry at the end of that. And, and let's just say this. Alice, his show still to this day, one of the best live shows. And he has Nita Strauss, who just was the first female mm, to sign yeah. with, with Ibanez. Yes, she Grr. is. She is phenomenal. Get your, yeah, get yourself another hop devil. Here you go, Michael. Here's oh, the. Uh, there there's that. The kingdom. The QFM ninety six. Oh. Oh, we're at it. Greg needs one too. Yeah, go ahead and uh, be the bartender there, Michael. Thanks, Mike. Well, I've never done this before, but I'll try. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Greg. Enjoy that. Uh, Alice Cooper, like. The Billion Dollar Babies album. Jesus. Somebody, Generation Landslide, so fantastic. The lyrics are, you know, please that, please clean your plate, dear. The Lord above can see you. Don't you know people are starving in, in Korea? Korea man. When you got lyrics like that, you're, you're unstoppable. I, uh, I, in fact, when I got to talk to Alice, I told him that that was, that was my favorite Alice Cooper song. And, and it's one of his, too, and, the, and one of his favorite to play live. And, and, and that was a song, and that was a record, Billion Dollar Babies. He said where he started getting respect from his peers, where they realized that he was he was a hell of a songwriter. Well, you, you know, that that high voice with him on the song, Billion Dollar Babies, that's Donovan. Wait, go dancing nightly. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's Donovan. And uh, Pete Townsend on that album as well. From The Who. Keith Damn, Boom was dude, there. Right? Right? Huh? Is you this... should hear the stuff they did. There was a soundtrack uh, called Flash Grillis versus the Zorg Women, parts five and six. And it's the Who as the band and Alice Cooper singing. We were talking Keith Moon, Entwistle, and Townsend as his band. And you can hear, then they got, who played drums on that? Kenny Jones, the drummer who replaced who Keith replaced Moon. replaced Keith Moon. Replaced him because Keith Moon was too drunk. And so on the song Space Pirates, you can hear Keith Moon just going, Arr, matey, shiver me timbers, and all this stuff. They said, hey, because he couldn't play drums, they had to, you can't just tell him, no, you can't play drums. You're going to say, you we got something better for you. You're going to be a pirate. Well, this guy just, play, anybody can play drums. He'll, he'll let him, him play drums. And then you were a pirate, and that's what he, he's just going, He was up for the challenge, right? He was up for the challenge. Yeah, so he was doing that. That album was engineered by Jeff Workman, who engineered the Salty Dog album. So I got to hear a lot of neat stories behind about that. 
See, I'm wondering where you picked up some of this. Yes, from reading, but also just experiencing and hanging with some of these cats out in L.A. Uh, when you were in the time frame that you were out there, brother. Yeah, it was fantastic. He was telling me there's mountains of cocaine on the tables and stuff, and uh, just like doing that album. And like that's how they met Kenny Jones. Kenny Jones was in the faces. He was in the faces, right? Faces. I was going to bring that and, up. But, yeah. But, and after working with him, they thought how easy it was, and that he took Keith Moon's spot. Yeah. He, it, it, he was a hell of a drummer too, man. Yeah. So yeah, the who, and now they've got, and now the Who have, you know, Ringo's kid, Zach Starkey, and I've always said, you know, Ringo's not even the best drummer in his house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zach Starkey's pretty damn good, man. So before we wrap this up, what other songs do we need to have on we this got playlist? Uh, Crazy Little Child of the Muscle of Love album. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to the Goes Hell out, Goes to Hell album, which is right after Welcome to My Na- Nightmare, and put Guilty on there. Wake up the neighbors with a roar like a teenage heavy metal gun. Are you kidding me? That's that's <laughs> art. That's poetry right there. Okay. Are we, Come do we on. have enough room on this playlist? Do we have enough room right yeah. now? Yeah. We'll squeeze it in. We'll okay. squeeze it in. Right. What else? A better, well, you got there's somebody going from the inside. Rick Neal, some cheap trick playing guitar on Sirius. That's a great. Now, what happens when you hear like uh, like some of the late 80s? Alice, are you still My on least favorite album of his is Trash, which is his biggest selling of all okay, time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the, the title track is great. That's Joe Perry on guitar, by the way. Uh, and I like the song Poison. That song was going around L.A. The songwriters who wrote it was uh, it was that guy, Desmond Child, wrote it. And it was he was trying to get people to take it. I, I, I've got a cassette of it. Or maybe Kurt does, our original drummer in Salty Dog. And it was going around Hollywood. He wanted people to do this song. And Alice took it. No one took poison? No. Holy shit. Alice took it and changed it around. It was like, that was just, because, you know, Alice is very chameleon-like. That was, before that, he did those two oh, albums cool. on MCA. He did Constrictor and uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell, which was almost his most metal album. You know, that was with the muscle guy, right, right. Kane Roberts. Kane Roberts. Then, I had that. I had his poster yeah, growing the, up, the, Those the did okay, you know? Yeah. And then after that, he got a solo record on uh, Geffen, by the way. And then... Alice said, well, it's time was glam, so that's when he did Trash and Hey Stupid. And then there was that Last Temptation album. Then he did, what was next? Uh, th- is that when the real heavy metal albums came out? Yeah, he did those really, like, dr- Brutal Planet and Brutal China Planet, Tem- I've got that. That's yeah. metal as- That's, that's m- so that's, metal. That's metal as metal can be, because that was what was happening. Alice just goes with it at the time, you know? And then what was after that? Then he did those really, really good albums. I thought Dirty Diamonds, fantastic. And the eyes of Alice Cooper, and he did that one where Janie Lane wrote a lot of, with him, uh, a Spider album. Along came a Spider. The late great Janie Lane, who yeah. was a good songwriter, man. Great Janie songwriter. was a, Janie was a great, great songwriter. Great he sure as hell was. Spent man. the night in my house a few times when he was in a band called uh, Plain Jane. See, and, and and Janie Lane really was, and I'll be damned. He loved his Ohio State Buckeyes, and if you ever got and to Browns. see Browns, you talk Browns with him. Oh really. shit, well, that's man. why when he got a, a guy named Eric Turner in his band, he was like. You know, because Eric Turner was a, was a, was a guy oh, That's the right. He, he played you know? safety for the yeah, Browns, I was like, man. You're kidding me. You got a name, Eric Turner? He was like, <laughs> he thought that I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and really cool uh, Janie Lane story. I remember uh, at the Al Rosa one time, and it was in the, the mid-90s, and uh, there was a, it was a handful of bands there that, that were playing, and Warrant was one of those bands. And it, I was just kind of strolling around. I was walking around outside in the back there uh, behind the Al Rosa, and uh, Janie, they were getting ready to come on. They were about five minutes before they were coming on. And I was still kind of just, sometimes you'd have to get out of the row. So, you know, when you're at a club or something, you got to walk out and kind of cool off a little bit. 
and I was walking around, and he was uh, standing in his bus, just kind of hanging out, waiting for the person to come and get him and give him the go. And I said, uh, and I, I was kind of walking in front of the bus. I was like, can I get a picture? I had one of those, one of the disposable cameras. And he's like, yeah, man, come on. Open the bus door for me. And I got my picture taken with him, shook his hand, just, you know, told him what a cool guy. What, what a, what a great spirit, man. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, he got labeled in with everybody else, but he was an amazing, an amazing uh, songwriter for that, for that era. Oh, he was he, great for any era. Yeah. I agree, yeah. man. I agree. We don't talk about Janie Lane enough. We really don't, and he was just. I got some pictures of him pantyhose at my house, changing clothes. Okay, well we don't. That's, we don't no, I just. That. Yeah, I don't want. I just no. I just no. We're just talking about Uncle Tom's Cabin. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else on this list? Uh, the Alice Cooper. I can go on forever, but uh, the the new one, his newest album, Paranormal, is fantastic. Yeah, I have that. I have that. That's a good. Oh record. my god! That's get the double record. album, this kids. The second, the live stuff is from Columbus, Ohio. By the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second half of that live Columbus, Ohio That's show right. is coming out on his CD single for The Sound of A, which is coming out in a month. Michael, and, and honest to God, this is why you had to kind of sit and suffer in season one, and we discussed the Paul Stanley album. But I, when I sent those to you, I made sure that I, I had a couple Alice records in there because I wanted you to come we on. We didn't really talk about the, the, the nightmare to myself. No, we but, didn't. But, but it never right. happens that way. It we, never happens it never that does. way. We get right off the track on this crazy train. So now we got to figure out for our next one what we're going to do, man. Are we going to we gonna do let's that Let's do Alice Cooper Goes to Hell because I can tell you how it goes <laughs> in order. The well, sequencing of that. <laughs> is that where we want to? Well, there's, only, there's a hit on it, I Never Cry, which is a great song, another well-written song. But he also had like songs like during the disco age, and I want to say like even, you know, I guess post disco. When was Clones? Clones is nineteen eighty. Okay, uh, <laughs> right. You know I, what I'm saying though. I mean, that was kind I, of like I Gary. Liked that era. It was the kind of Gary fantastic. Newman type, type yeah, he had, shit there a little. But most of it's heavier stuff. There's no lead guitars on that album at all. Hardly. There's that one. Special Forces, Zipper Cut Your Skin, and Dada were that era, and those were his blackout years when he was uh, free basing coke. So, but he's been clean forever, and now he yeah. traded golf, right? He's now. He's it was a, funny how they kept the cocaine a secret for all those years, because most people just thought he was just a drunk, drunk, but right? He was just a coke freak at that time period. What did you think of that, Hansberry? Did you know that? Did you know Alice Cooper was a coke, coke no. fame? Now I do. Now the you more do. you know, the more you grow. Something now like we that. know. Oh shit, Michael! Well, it's always good talking to you, man. And we're gonna have Steve Theato uh, in here in a couple weeks. So, but once again, even if uh, if uh, Steve doesn't have any info. Keep us up to date. Let us know what's up, man. You got it. We'll, do, you we'll do it if we can do it. It's just that we're not going to pay you money to play a gig for you while you get paid. Because American Dog uh, fans will be listening to this, I'm sure, once they find I out you're so, yeah. so You guys got to let me know this time so when it's out so I can put the thing on my gotcha. Facebook. We've come a long way since season one. All I don't right. know. We've got, uh, uh, we've got a sponsor. I don't know if you heard about that or not. Well, yeah, like that. You know, if you're going 35 miles an hour inside, <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm, I'm all about it. That's a sponsor, if you ask me. Michael Hannon, <laughs> thank you so much, brother. Hey, for producer Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. I gotta get out of here. Stay frosty. Get out of here.